Each week in this Share the Love series, we've been highlighting how we can be generous as a church because you give. Here's another example. This is Lisa May. She attends the summit and is a single parent. We listened as she told us about some of the struggles she's faced as a single mom. When I first became a single parent, my children were seven, five, and three. And immediately overnight, I was the sole provider for all three of them. That was difficult at times because if a child got sick or if someone wasn't feeling well, it meant that I had to stay home from work. When things come up on a monthly basis like childcare, sometimes you're not sure exactly how all of those things are going to be paid for. I'm a school social worker in the Winston-Salem Forsyth County Schools, and so as part of my job, I encounter a lot of single moms. Um, some of the things that I see that they struggle with too are um, clothes, clothes for their children, or to pay their electric bill. Sometimes it may be a bed. There are times as a single parent where you truly don't know where the next dollar is coming from. Even though my children are now 16, 14, and 11, the struggles have changed a little bit, and um, actually some days I'm just an unpaid Uber driver. <laughs> Imprints Cares is one of several nonprofit organizations in the triad we've helped as a church during Share the Love. One of the many things Imprints Cares does is help provide before and after school care and assistance for single parent families. And as many of us know, Childcare can be expensive. Time and time again, single families come into my office and they all have these unique stories of, can you help me? I'm struggling here financially. Many times those are single income families. It, they may be a mom and children. They may be a dad and children. They're trying to juggle this week, do I pay my power bill or do I pay for childcare? Because you give, we were able to bless several single-parent families with amazing news. Throughout the rest of this school year, we'll be able to help 25 families with close to $10,000 to help ease the financial burden of after-school care. We got the chance to sit in when a single parent got the call her after-school care had been paid for for the next few months. We're going to protect her name for privacy. Okay, I want to share some really special news with you. I've, I've looked at your account, and I know that you've already paid for October, but as a gift from the Summit Church, you will not have to make a payment until January the 1st. Oh my goodness, thank you so much. Oh, that is just such wonderful news. I really appreciate you, and um, we, don't have, we don't have child support part worked out yet, so I'm paying every single bill all by myself. Um, and I have my daughter's birthday and Christmas and everything like that coming up. So um, it'll be a great, a great relief. Well, thank you so much, Betty. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you again. I'm so excited. Well, good. You have a good rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for giving. Every time you give, you're helping create moments just like these. It was great. I loved it. I feel like I'm Bob Barker on giving. Isn't that fun? Oh, that was wonderful. She obviously hasn't watched uh, Prices Right in a while because it's Drew Carey now, right? And if you're so young that you're like, Bob Barker, who's that? Okay, he was in Happy Gilmore. Um, just a little cameo appearance. 
Anyway. <laughs> hey, another uh, single mom we were able to help with that project is a mom of three who's battling breast cancer. So you can imagine. You never know. See, when you give, and then as a church, we give, you never know the lives that you impact. And you're a part of doing things that ordinarily we wouldn't uh, be able to do. So thank you. Another cool thing that happened uh, this week is we were able to bless some single moms with a free oil change and some thank you, single mom out there maybe, or somebody, uh, and some general car service. And in a span of about four hours on Thursday afternoon and evening, we gave free oil changes, you ready for this, to 202 cars in about four hours. That's a lot of wrench turning right there. Oh my goodness. That was fun too. So how do you keep this kind of stuff going, right? I mean, how do you keep sharing the love of Jesus going on an ongoing basis? So that it's not just seen as one series, because it's so much bigger than one series. So it's not seen as a one-time thing because it's so much bigger than a one-time thing. It's so much bigger than one event or one project or even one moment. Sharing the love of Jesus is a way of life. It's a way of living. You receive and you share. You receive and you share. You receive and you share. And the more and more of Jesus' love that you receive, the more and more of Jesus' love that you can share. Because... Remember, Jesus said, that's how the world's going to know that you're connected to me. That's how the world is going to know that we're together. That's how the world is going to know that you're on mission, on my mission, is that you love each other the way I have loved you, that you share the love that you have received from me. This week on our social media outlets, we asked you to give us a one-word answer to the question, what have you received from sharing the love of Jesus, whether through serving or through giving financially? Tell us in a one-word answer what you've received from sharing the love. And I love the answers. Thanks for participating. But let me just share you some of my favorites. What have you received? Because remember we talked about there's some things you receive only when you share, and we receive so much through sharing. You said, somebody said balance. Wow. Don't we, don't we all want kind of that balance in life? And you get, it brought balance to their life to share the love of Jesus through serving and giving. Friendship, excitement, fulfillment, hope, peace, strength, renewal, purpose. My personal favorite, someone said that by sharing the love of Jesus, what they received was gutsiness. Isn't that colorful? I love that. I'm sure there's a story there gutsiness, that they're more gutsy now. And then several people expressed that it brought them happiness. And isn't that what the world is chasing? I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. But who knew that happiness comes not through what you consume, but by what you give. The problem is We're talking about keeping this going, okay? More than a series, more than a one moment kind of thing. The problem is, the challenge is, 
is that if you're not careful, what you'll be tempted to do is the same thing that I'll be tempted to do, we'll all be tempted to revert back to a self-driven, self-focused way of living, a self-driven, self-focused way of following Jesus, which is kind of odd when you say it like that because Jesus was not self-focused and Jesus was not self-driven. So how is it that we could take following Jesus and make it a self-focused thing, a self-driven thing? Because we're human beings and we have a tendency and the ability to make everything about us. You know, just give us a little time, we'll make it about me, right? Some of you are having that kind of thought. You're thinking, man, I love that Share the Love. That was a great series. Man, that was awesome. It was great. And I, and I even got in a group and I served. I signed up and I served and I took selfies, took pictures, posted on Facebook so everybody could see. It's awesome. I'm not saying that's why you did it, but some people, that's why they do it. But now, man, that was fun. You guys ever do that again? I'm going to participate. Now back to me, right? Now back to my agenda, my schedule. I mean, I was able to fit it in. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm so busy. I'm so glad I was able to fit that into my time. I'm so glad we were able to carve that out. You know, things just kind of worked out just perfectly. But now back to my schedule, what works for me, my time, my needs, my agenda. Now back to serving when it fits into my routine. Now back to giving when it's convenient and when it fits into my normal way of doing life. When all of these things fit into my life and allow me the ability to still do what I want to do and still live the way I want to live without interruption, I'm all good for it. So hopefully we'll all be able to fit it in again. See, that's our temptation. That's my temptation. That's your temptation. And God has called us to something bigger and more. So let me describe it to you like this. Here's something I want you to know. Here's something I want you to remember. And when you know this and you remember this, it will help you take the share the love thing way beyond a series, a week, a moment, a project. And here's the truth. We have a mission and not much time. We have a mission and yet not much time in which to accomplish the mission. And, be, and by we, I mean you. And by we, I mean me. By we, I mean us together and individually. See, this is not just a church thing. This is not just a pastor thing or a, a church staff member thing. This is a you thing. This is a me thing. This is a personal mission. And maybe you've never considered the fact that you have a personal mission from God. And it's the same mission from God as a follower of Jesus that all of us have as followers of Jesus. Maybe you've never considered that, but you need to consider it because it's true. And the mission is not complete. You know why? Because there are so many people around you that are far from God, but yet they are strategically close to you. And strategically because God has placed them in your life. There are people in your family that are far from God, but they're close to you. People you work with that are far from God, but they're close to you. There are people in your neighborhood that are far from God and close to you, and that's why God has put you in their lives. And that's why God has put you in their lives and them in your lives. And that's why God has brought you together. It's because you have a mission. But be aware that you don't have much time. 
Jesus' parting instructions to his followers, his final commands, basically the marching orders he left them with in the first century, is often referred to in church circles and in the scripture as the Great Commission. But basically that's just a fancy phrase for this is what I want you to do now that I'm leaving earth and going back to heaven. These are your marching orders. Here's your mission. Matthew describes Jesus as saying it like this, go make disciples of all nations. That wasn't a pastor thing. That wasn't just a church thing. That was an individual follower of Jesus thing. People like you, people like me. Go make disciples. Go take my message to all the nations. Here's the deal. That's not done yet. That hasn't been completed yet. The writer of Acts in the New Testament, Luke, records Jesus' final, some of his final words to his followers before he ascended to heaven was this. He said, take my message to the ends of the earth. That hasn't been completed yet. You're thinking, well, that's for pastors. That's for church staff. No, that's for you. To understand that you have a mission and it has not been completed yet. Because there are still so many people that are around us that are far from God, but they're close to us. We're talking locally, and the true, it's, it's true for glo- globally as well. This is not a personal quota thing. This is not a box to check. Well, I did that. I shared the love of Jesus. I did that serving project. I, I attended almost every week of the series, and when I couldn't be there, I watched online. And I did that, and I did that. No, 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 no. See, you're not done until you're dead. As a follower of Jesus, the mission is to accomplish as much of the mission as you possibly can in your lifetime. Affecting as many people and sharing the love of Jesus through serving and giving and investing your lives into the lives of others as much of that as you possibly can. You have a mission. And there's not much time. Time is short. Now, I don't want to freak anybody out. This is not a scare tactic in any way. I just want to be honest with you. Time is short. Your time on earth is short. The truth is, you're going to die sooner than you think. Some of you literally will die much earlier than you anticipated. Much younger than you anticipated. That's just true. Young people die. And others of you that get really old, I mean like really wrinkly old, really wrinkly, saggy, baggy old, like really old, You're going to die sooner than you think because you're going to get older faster than you thought you would. I mean, I'm not going to ask anybody that's really old to, you know, give me an amen or anything like that. But if I did, amen, you know, there'd be somebody out there that could squeak one out. Right? We're going to get older so much faster than we thought we would. So either way, you're going to die sooner than you think. Time is short. Here's the other thing. Jesus could return at any moment. He could. The scriptures are clear. Something that doesn't get talked about a lot. Perhaps it's one of those things we should come back to on a regular basis to remind everybody. The scriptures are clear that Jesus could return to earth for his church at any moment. And when he does, it is game over on the mission. But until he does, it is game on. And it is full on for you and full on for me as followers of Jesus. I love how the writer of Hebrews puts it because he meshes all of these concepts so powerfully and beautifully together. He says, let us think of ways 
to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us think of ways. Imagine if we did that, what would that look like? Imagine is as, as followers of Jesus, if we got in groups and we got into conversations and our conversations were not about politics and how bad the world is and how what the big problems and can you believe it? If we didn't just consume ourselves with how bad everything was, but actually consume ourselves with what would it look like if we were part of the solution? What would it look like if we could find strategic, new, and refreshing and engaging ways to share the love of Jesus with people and motivate each other to acts of love and good works as followers of Jesus, not because we're trying to pay God back, but because it's a thank you for all that God has done for us. It's a part of the mission. It's a part of the mission. Imagine if we did that. We should do that. Then he goes on, and let us not neglect our meeting together, what we're doing now and what we do when we're together. Let us not neglect that as some people do. But look at this, encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now here's what I think is very interesting. If back almost 2000 years ago in the first century, it was especially now, think how especially now, now is, right? If it was near then, think about how, how much nearer it is now. You're like, well, it's not gonna happen. Oh, it's gonna happen, honey. It's gonna happen. It'll be here before you know it. So we have a mission and there's not much time. By the way, side note, if you're not a follower of Jesus, now is the perfect time to become a follower of Jesus. And that's why you should live with a sense of urgency. And that's why not just Christians should live with a sense of urgency, but you should live with a sense of urgency. And it's never a better time than right now for you to embrace Jesus as your savior. Like right now, like in this moment, right, right now, like go one, two, three, go now. Not, not later because you never know what's going to happen next. That's just reality. The truth is, join us on the mission because we have a mission and yet we don't have much time. The mission is to share the love of Jesus. So why should you care, right? Why should you, why should you feel motivated? Because you're busy. I know you got a lot going on, right? Your life is layered. So why should this motivate you? Why should you be motivated? Well, I wish I could just easily suggest to you because you are commanded by Jesus and because of your own personal experience, that should be motivation enough. In fact, I wish it would be as simple as, as me coming to you as your pastor and saying, we're commanded by Jesus to share his love. Case closed. And we all go, okay, let's go do that. Right? I wish it was as simple as me saying to you, you are commanded and I am commanded by Jesus Christ to be on mission, regardless of what your title is, regardless of how young you are, how old you are. If you're a follower of Jesus, you don't have to be a pastor or a person on staff. No, God looks at you and considers you on mission. I wish it was enough to just say, Jesus said so, right? Like what if Jesus took you out to lunch? Now, obviously he would pay because he's loaded. So if Jesus took you out to lunch, and I know you'd want to pay, but he's like, no, I insist. <laughs> Maybe we should pray. Thank you for the food. <laughs> That'd be weird, wouldn't it? Okay. If Jesus took you out to lunch, my brain goes, yeah, places. If Jesus took you out to lunch and Jesus looked across the table and said, I want you to go on mission for me not a mission trip 
24 7 365 i have a mission for you i want you to share my love i want you to find strategic ways through serving through giving through investing in other people i want you to make your life about something that's eternally significant will you do that you know what i bet you would say absolutely and then the story would be like this jesus took me to lunch and i have heard from jesus i mean he looked at me right in the eye and he touched me on the shoulder and he gave me a mission Man, my life has been changed. He said, wouldn't that be cool? Jesus is not going to take me to lunch, though. Okay, so here's what you do. Go to lunch and read his word. <laughs> it's the same thing. Over lunch, read his word, hear his commands, and, and, and just know you are on mission. I wish it was enough just to say you're commanded by Jesus. But it's not because we're us. Hmm. Maybe it should be. I wish it was enough because of your experience. And here's what I mean by that. You've had this experience, right? Your life has been changed because somebody at some point in the past cared enough to share the love of Jesus through serving you or through serving in some way that has affected you and now your life has been changed because someone else served. And somewhere along the line, someone cared enough to share the love of Jesus through giving financially and your life has been changed and your life has been affected because someone else found it important and necessary to live out the mission that God had given them, which is the same mission that God has given me, which is the same mission that God has given every follower of Jesus Christ. Somebody else did and your experience has been, your life has been changed. So you'd think that would be enough to say, now I'm gonna do it too and sign me up. But often we need more motivation. So let me put this out there for you. I want to talk about ROI just a second. ROI. ROI is a business term that's just short abbreviation for return on investment. So now you know a new business term. So when you're, you know, your fancy business friends and everybody, you know, they're talking about, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out the ROI. You can go, yeah, I know that. I know that. Yeah, ROI, return on investment. We're often very concerned about ROI as it applies to us. We want to know what's in it for me, what's in it for me, what's in it for me. That's why you go into business, right? What's in it for me? That's why we do what we do as human beings. A lot of times it's because it's what's in it for me. It's a very basic motivation, very self-focused motivation. And while that's not how you want to live your life, God knows we feel that way. So he wanted to let us know there's a lot in it for us. Following Jesus, being on mission, there's a lot in it for us. Now it's going to call for a lot of sacrifice as well, but God said, I'm going to bless your socks off. I'm going to bless you in ways that money can't buy. In fact, through the wisdom of Solomon, we find these words. The generous will prosper. The generous will prosper. And those who refresh others will be refreshed. That's the way God does things. Counterintuitive, right? I've never met a generous person. Never, ever met a generous person that was unfulfilled in life. Now, I've met some greedy people unfulfilled, some stingy people that are unfulfilled, some tightwads that are unfulfilled. But I've never met a generous person, a truly generous person that did not have joy. Now, they had problems like everybody else. But out of generosity, they lived a life of purpose, fulfillment, and joy. And we're talking about things that money can't buy. ROI. We usually think about it in terms of ourselves. However, I want to flip this around. We're talking about motivation. Why should you care? Why should you share the love of Jesus? Why should you embrace the mission and understand you don't have much time? You personally, as a dad, as a mom, as a businessman, a businesswoman, you, regardless of what your job or title is, or how old you are, as a student even, why should you care? 
Have you ever thought about ROI from terms of how God sees it? Like, how does God determine ROI? What is God's return on his investment into you, into me, into us? I mean, let's just start with Jesus alone. He has invested his son and given his son, and his son Jesus gave his life just based upon that alone. What do you think God's return on investment should be because he gave his son for you? Much less all the blessings that God has given us. I wonder if God looks at you, and I wonder if God looks at me, and he says, and he looks at the way we live, and he goes, I can't believe that's the way they choose to live in response to the fact that I gave my son. I gave my son. And they're making their life about this. And this is what they're giving their time to. And this is what they're investing their money in. And this is what they're all about. Or maybe, and what it would be if God looked at you and me and said, that's why I gave my son. That's why I gave my son. You see the way they're living? Do you see what they're about? Do you see how they serve? Do you see how they give? Do you see what they're investing their life into? That's why we did it. Angels, anybody want to know? That's what it's all about. What is God's ROI on you and me? I mean, are we living a return back to him? Are we realizing that we're not here to consume and just enjoy until heaven? That we have a mission. May God help us know that. My challenge to you is that you would begin to share the love of Jesus through serving and giving past the point of your current comfort level. And here's why I issue the challenge that way. It's because human nature is that we do what we do typically to the point of our comfort, right? And that's the reason we do it. We found a way to do it and be comfortable. We found a way to do it because we don't like being uncomfortable, right? And we avoid pain and we avoid things that are uncomfortable. So some of you serve, yes, but you're only serving to the point of your comfort. I want to challenge you to serve past the point of your comfort. Serve past the point of what's convenient and what's easy and what's predictable and what's considered normal. Same thing with giving. You know that People give to the point of their comfort. And people don't give. And you know why people don't give? It's not comfortable. That's why 75% of the people in this church don't give one penny. 75%, not one penny. You know why? Because it feels it's comfortable for them. They have found disobedience to God comfortable somehow. Anybody else hear that cricket? Yeah. And so my challenge to you is to go past the point of comfort and begin to serve and to give past the point that you are typically comfortable doing. Because remember last week how we talked about living open-handed and that we're all in, that we are to live our lives as a living sacrifice. And God, this is everything. This is all my chips are in, God. Yeah, I want to challenge you to live at that level. Beyond normal, beyond convenient, beyond easy, beyond predictable. 
Because that's love. Love calls us to that. And the mission that God has given you personally and me personally calls us to that. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, man, I've really never thought of myself being on mission for God. I never really thought of myself as being someone who was living out a mission for God. I mean, because I'm not a pastor, I'm not a church staff person, you know, I'm not a missionary, I haven't received this epiphany moment, oh, you know, kind of thing. I'm just, I'm a, I just me, I have a regular job, I'm a regular guy, I'm a regular gal. See, nothing could be further from the truth. You are on mission. Receive that. Embrace that. God has called you, equipped you, and placed you in the culture right where you are and in the community right where you are to be on mission of sharing his love through serving and giving and investing in others. He has given you opportunities and unique skills and a job and put relationships in your lives right where he has you for a purpose. So here's what I want to do. We're going to do something different. We're going to spend the last few minutes we have together in a much different way. And I think you're going to understand why. I want you to internalize this fact that you're on mission. That when we leave here, we're not just going to get, you know, we're going to go back and get into our regular lives and, and maybe we'll come back next week if it fits into my schedule kind of thing. And if not, I'll catch it online. No big deal. Right? No. When you leave here, you leave on mission. We are on mission. I don't care what your title is, you're on mission and there's not much time. There's not much time. What is God's ROI on you? We're on mission. I want to help you internalize this because I, in order to do this, I want to pray for you or pray over you or pray with you. And what we're going to do is I'm going to ask groups of you to stand and I'm going to pray over you and send you out on a mission. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this may seem a little odd to you. If you're not a Christian, you're new to church, this is going to seem a little weird. I admit that. And I want you to know I admit that. And I want to ask for your patience. But I think as you experience this passively, you will understand why this is meaningful to us. Because see, Jesus has changed our lives. Our lives have been changed and we'll never be the same. This is meaningful stuff to us. And, and we believe it would be meaningful to you if you would trust and follow Jesus as well and join us on the mission. We're on mission. So I want to pray that God will help you, strengthen you, give you courage. Let's start like this. And some of you may be standing more than once. That's okay. It's good exercise. If you're a parent, a grandparent, or a guardian, I want you to stand at all of our locations all three locations, even online. You don't have to stand if you're watching online, but just know we're talking to you. If you're a parent, grandparent, or a guardian, you have care over children, you are on mission to share the love of Jesus with them. Let me pray for you right now. Father, it is no mistake that you have put these children in our lives at all ages. It is no mistake that you have brought us together. And for the parents and the grandparents and the guardians and the caretakers standing, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would empower them with your mission like never before and help them to know that they're not just doing a routine. They're just not 
executing a schedule and running kids here and running kids there and feeding kids and teaching kids and helping kids behave and just raising kids. We're on mission as parents, as grandparents, as caretakers. We're on a mission and may we, with grace and truth, share your love through how we parent and grandparent and train and teach. Help us to see this as a part of your mission for us. Take it seriously and know we don't have much time. They're going to grow up fast and life is short. So we ask your help and courage and strength for these people in Jesus' name. We send them out in Jesus' name on mission. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. If you're an educator, if you're a teacher, if you're a coach, if you train, if you're a trainer, stand. If you work with students in any capacity, stand. And if you're a student, I want you to stand. Middle school, high school, college, grad student, I want you to stand. I want to pray for you. Because the educational environment is hostile. It's tricky. It's messy. And you're on mission. You're not just learning stuff. You're not just teaching stuff. You're on mission. I want to pray for you. Join me. Father, thank you for these teachers and these coaches and these trainers. In a world where there are so many rules about what we can say and what we can't say and how, and what we can do and what we can't do and why, it is layered, it is messy. And as followers of Jesus in a broken educational system, may we bring hope and peace and grace and the love of Jesus. May we have wisdom and strength to know what to say and how to say it. How to drip your love into conversations. It's not about being obnoxious. It's not about breaking rules. It's about working within the system that you've placed us to be wise with our words so that we point people to you and we reflect your nature and what we do and say. And for every student, middle school, high school, college, grad, it's a hostile environment to get an education in. Everybody has an opinion and everybody wants to express it and there's so much judgment being passed, especially when it becomes known that we trust and follow you. There's definitely a bias there. But we are not victims, and may we not live as victims. Help us to be gracious with our words, but confident with what we believe. In the name of Jesus, we send these people out on mission. We don't have much time. Help us to take it seriously in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. From medical personnel, I want you to stand. If you're a nurse, you're a doctor. If you are in healthcare in, in any shape or form, if you're a first responder, please stand. If you're in the military, please stand. And here's why I'm asking you to stand. You have a very unique place in our culture. Your place is on the front lines of people's pain. Nobody knows better than you guys. You get people at the point of crisis. You get people when their lives are hanging in the balance, sometimes very real 
hanging in the balance. You get people when they are most vulnerable, which means you have a, a, a very unique opportunity to share the love of Jesus with people. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for these first responders, these military personnel, these doctors and nurses, regardless of how they are related to the healthcare industry and the first responders in crisis moments, they're on the front lines of people's most vulnerable, painful, scary, worrisome, fearful moments. During the moments when people are reminded just how short life is, they're there and you have put them there and given them skills and abilities and know-how and nerves of steel to enter into those moments. Lord, may they do so carrying your love and may they encourage and pray and be a voice of peace and hope. And so that as people leave their presence, may they know they've been in the presence of someone who's been in the presence of you. In the name of Jesus, we send these people out on mission. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Businessmen and women, I want you to stand. I want you to stand regardless of what business you're in. It could be retail, sales, restaurants, skilled tradesmen, computer tech, service industry. Maybe you work for the city or the government. Maybe you're in construction. It doesn't matter. You, you fill in the blank. If you're in business. Now, here, here's the deal. I know you went into business probably for a bottom line. And the bottom line has something to do with money. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is the world we live in. That's why you're in business. Um, but as a follower of Jesus, there's a bigger bottom line. There's a better bottom line. There is an eternal bottom line. See, the, the money bottom line is not going to matter for you in 100 years. 100 years from now, you're not here. And so all of that will have been, yeah, that's what I did when I was on the planet Earth. But you'll be in eternity. Everybody lives forever somewhere. And you'll know that there was a, a bigger issue. A, a bigger thing to live for. And I want you to know you're on mission and may God help you remember that mission as you do business, go to meetings, meet with clients and customers. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for these businessmen and women. Regardless of what part of the business sector they're a part of, it's a vicious culture where people are so focused on themselves and just making more money and gaining more influence and power. And yet you have called them to enter into that environment with grace and love and with a servant's heart. What a challenge. But help them to know they're on mission and you are sending them incognito as businessmen and women living for the real bottom line. And that's eternally significant things. As they go into meetings, know that they represent you. As they meet with clients and customers, know that they represent you and give them specific opportunities to encourage and love people and help them take one step more, one step closer to your love for them. In the name of Jesus, we send these people out on mission. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. And one more prayer for everyone else that hasn't stood. Some of you are retired. You're like, yeah, well, that would have been me. And some of you are unemployed. 
or maybe you're in a different situation, one that I couldn't think of, okay? But you're nonetheless on mission. God has placed you where you are right now on purpose and gives you unique opportunities and skills and moments. I wanna pray for you. Father, for everyone else and for all of us together, help us to remember we're on mission. Help us to have wisdom as we have conversations with people, as we approach problems, as we interact with life, to know that regardless of what our title is or our job or lack of job, we are followers of Jesus and we are carrying out his mission and we don't have much time. The clock is ticking. So we send, we send, you send us out on mission in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why all this? Why all this? Because remember, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So go, serve, give, invest. You're on mission and the clock is ticking. Go share the love of Jesus like never before because it's worth it. And that's what life is really about.